Life Audio. Welcome to Truth Tribe with Doug Grothuis. I'm your host. I am a professor of philosophy at Denver Seminary, where I've served for 30 years, author of 16 books and counting, three or four more on the way, at least. Thank you so much for being with us. If you'd like to know more about me, please go to DougGrothuis.com, or if you want to know about Denver Seminary and the program that I direct there, go to denverseminary.edu. Today we're talking about Jesus and Muhammad. I'm doing a short series on the meaning and relevance of Jesus. We've done one on who is Jesus, another on the atoning work of Christ, and one more on the resurrection. Now what I'm saying here, Jesus and Muhammad, is certainly controversial. I won't be giving it really enough attention. I really hope that you will do further reading on that, and I have that material in the show notes. But Islam and Christianity are the two most populous religions in the world. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on The Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Christianity has about 2 billion followers. Islam may be 1.3 billion, 1.4 billion and growing rapidly. But I would like to compare the lives and teaching of Jesus and Muhammad with a concern for truth. Truth is what corresponds to reality, and rationality is the way to test truth claims through logic and evidence. So we are going to be looking at the sources of information about Jesus and Muhammad, their life, their worldview, and the existential meaning that they bring. For Jesus, the source of knowledge we have, historically, of course, is the New Testament. The Gospels are written by eyewitnesses or those who consulted eyewitnesses. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, are written approximately 70 and 80 A.D., 
And we know the concern for history in the prologue to Luke, Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. We also have the letters of Paul written in the 50s AD, probably before any of the Gospels. In 1 Corinthians 15, we have a very early account of the facticity and the significance of the resurrection. So that's a bit about the sources. Now, what about Jesus' life? Jesus was an itinerant Jewish teacher, preacher, prophet, healer, exorcist. He taught the kingdom of God had come in his own person. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He taught a high moral standard that we see on the Sermon on the Mount. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. He did not allow for uh, angry thoughts, lustful thoughts. You had to go right to the heart of it. Of course, he was crucified by the Romans with the consent of much of the Jewish establishment at that time, and Christians take his death to atone for sin and to reconcile us to God if we have faith in what he has done and we submit to his lordship. Jesus was worshipped throughout his ministry. He was worshipped before his resurrection, after the resurrection, and I worship him, and I have for now over 45 years. What about Jesus' worldview? He was a monotheist, of course. He said, pray to your heavenly Father. He believed God created the world and created male and female and ordained marriage. He saw the human problem as not ignorance of our divine potential, but as sin. The solution to the human problem was faith in Jesus' own work. He said to believe on him. John 3.16, God so loved the world, he sent his only Son, that whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus taught that he was God incarnate. And the existential meaning of Jesus is that we can have, we can experience forgiveness, fellowship, and meaning through the work of Jesus Christ. We can be reconciled to God. We can be forgiven of our sin. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I encourage those listening to this to read the great affirmation of Christian confidence based on the Lord Jesus Christ that you find in Romans chapter 8. What about Muhammad? Muhammad lived from 570 to 632 AD. The sources on him are the Quran and the Muslim traditions about Muhammad in the Hadith and the Sunnah. Muhammad sought religious enlightenment. He went into a cave to meditate, and he supposedly received a revelation from the God, Allah, while he was there. The Quran is the book of Islam, the book that he received through the agency or the intermediary of an angel. This was not written down by Muhammad, but he memorized it, and others wrote it down, his followers. The Quran has 114 chapters. It is about the size of the New Testament. It often reinterprets the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament. 
Muhammad supposedly received this revelation in 610 AD, and this lasted for some years after this. Muhammad is considered by Muslims the last and greatest of the prophets. The seal of the prophets, I'll read you from Quran 3340. Muhammad is the father of no man among you. He is the apostle of God and the seal of the prophets. Surely God has knowledge of all things. Muhammad, after he received this supposed revelation, went to the people of Mecca and tried to convince them. He largely failed. The Jews and Christians rejected him as a prophet. He went to Medina and became a political and religious authority, came back to Mecca and established his rule. He destroyed the idols at the Kaaba and taught a rigorous form of monotheism. He was a military, political, and spiritual leader after returning from Mecca to Medina and believed that Islam would be the one religion for the entire world. Now, what was Muhammad's worldview? There was one God, Allah, this is monotheism, quoting from the Quran, Say, O Muhammad, he is God, the one and only, God the eternal, absolute. He begetteth not, nor is he begotten, and there is none like unto him. That is Surah 112. Notice he begetteth not, nor is he begotten. So that is a denial that Christ is the eternally begotten Son of God. According to Muhammad, the human problem is weakness or ignorance of the law. Islam has no doctrine of original sin, as does Christianity. Original sin means that we come into the world with sinful propensities and proclivities, and there is nothing we can do to save ourselves. We are totally dependent on the grace of God through Christ for our salvation. According to Muhammad and the Quran, the solution to the human problem is to confess Allah and Muhammad as his prophet, to obey his law, and hope that your good deeds will merit paradise. So the existential meaning for Islam is to strive for paradise, to avoid hell, to keep the precepts of Islam, that is, to confess the faith, to give a certain percentage of one's income to Islamic charities or organizations about 2.5% of total income, or 2.5% of profit, I believe it is. Make a pilgrimage to Mecca, observe the season of fasting, Ramadan, pray five times daily, and also to extend Islam throughout the world, that all may obey Allah's law, or what has come to be known as Sharia law. Now, let me give you a rational assessment of Jesus and Muhammad. The sources for Christ are more varied and rooted in history than the sources of Muhammad. The Quran is based on a purported revelation to Muhammad that he received over a period of time. It began in a cave, and there is no independent corroboration or verification for what he says outside of the idea that he is a prophet who received a revelation. Muhammad's claim to being a prophet is questionable, given his revision of the identity of Jesus Christ and given his denial of the gospel. Muhammad denied that Jesus was eternal God come in the flesh. He denied the gospel, that we are forgiven of our sins and justified through faith in Christ. Instead, he reasserted the law 
This time, Islamic law is the basis, the possible basis of salvation. The claims of Muhammad and the Quran have a pretty weak justification. Muslims will say that the Quran is from God because Muhammad was illiterate and an illiterate man could not produce such a beautiful book. Well, not all scholars of ancient Arabic think it is a beautiful book. Many take it to be confusing, difficult to understand. That is why later traditions are needed to understand what it says. Moreover, even if it is beautiful in the Arabic, beauty is not the same as truth. Another argument given for Islam is the success of Islam that it rapidly went out through the world and now, of course, has about 1.3, 1.4 billion followers. But the success of the movement is not the same as the essential teachings of the movement being objectively true. Movements can succeed for any number of reasons. The claims of Christ that we find in the Bible are taken from historical documents close to the events that they describe. I mentioned that earlier. The four Gospels, the Epistles of Paul, we can also add the Epistles of Peter, and we have the record of the life of the early church in the book of Acts. Let me talk about where the Quran and the New Testament agree and where they disagree and why this is so important. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus was a messenger. Jesus was sinless. Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was a word from God. Jesus worked miracles. No miracles are attributed to Muhammad in the Quran. Jesus ascended to heaven. Jesus will come again. However, the Quran and the New Testament disagree on whether or not Jesus claimed to be God. The Quran denies that he claimed to be God, denies that he was divine, denies that he was a mediator, denies that Jesus died on the cross. That is a demonstrable fact of history. Christian and non-Christian historians admit this, and the Quran gives no reason to deny that Christ died on the cross. Biblically, Jesus is taken to be the only mediator between God and man. John 14, 1 through 6, 1 Timothy 2, 5, 11, Matthew 11, 27. He suffered and died, was crucified to atone for our sin against God. This is against the Quran. Look at Surah 4, verses 157 to 158. Consider the significance of Jesus' death and suffering in Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But Christ demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners. Christ died for us, a totally different message than what was brought by Muhammad and what is taught by Islam. So let's compare the existential significance of the teachings of Muhammad and the teachings of Jesus. Muhammad gives us no basis for a relationship with God. This would bring us too close to God, which is considered the great sin of shirk in Islam, giving Allah a partner. We are to be Allah's slaves and obey his law and hope that we will find paradise by doing enough good works. Muhammad is not a mediator or miracle worker, nor was he raised from the dead. He is dead. He remains dead. 
Jesus, on the other hand, establishes a relationship with God as Lord and Savior. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you'd like to follow up on the comparison of Jesus and Muhammad, please look at the show notes. I recommend Mark Gabriel's book, Jesus and Muhammad. Certainly also Nabil Qureshi's book, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, A Devout Muslim Encounters Christianity. Thank you for listening to Truth Tribe. This has been a comparison, the teachings of Jesus and Muhammad. We're doing a series on the reality of Jesus. If you'd like to know more about my work, please go to douglasgrothuis.com or go to denverseminary.edu to look at my apologetics program. Also, at my webpage, you'll find an essay on various seminars and teachings I could give for your church or Christian organization or perhaps do with respect to a debate. And I'm very happy to be involved in that kind of ministry. Thank you very much for listening. Truth Tribe is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.